He keeps trying to give me advice about my love life. I'm like, you're 13, babe. Like, what do you know? I'm really sad and my heart hurts. And he's like, yeah, well, you just, you just need to find somebody else that you like. And I'm like, oh, to be a 13 year old boy. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find how to do life but it turns out nobody knows hello 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 this is another episode where i will just remind you to check the trigger warnings because it gets a bit dark i mean i would tell you to always check the trigger warnings if you are a person who sometimes needs a bit of that uh because you know i mean it's kind of the very nature of most of these conversations is that sometimes it touches upon things that uh could be quite triggering to some people it's sort of the whole point of the show i am talking at you from my from my bedroom slash living room slash it's my one bedroom flat basically (laughs) so it's the room in my flat it's the flat and I'm doing some midnight cleaning because I went to visit former guest Stacey Byers, who's incredible. And I got to cuddle her dog all day and it's the best dog. And oh my God, it's better than therapy, isn't it? Not really. I mean, it is because it doesn't hurt. And um, we talked a lot about trauma and I'm really into reading about trauma, specifically how trauma gets stored in the body and um, complex PTSD and fun stuff like that. And Stacy said something that shook me. She said, um, and now I'm going to butcher it. I'm going to forget the context. But what I remember from it is something, something, something. Uh, you have a high tolerance for being miserable. And it was about talking about, you know, living in this sort of bubble or this sort of haze of, you know, like my flat is often just dirty and messy and, you know, often I'll just wake up sad and, you know, it's sometimes hard to leave the house. And and so I was talking to her about that and I was like, do you know this? Do you know this feeling? She was just, in her case, she was like, yeah, she'd been in the same situation and then someone has said I think a therapist had said that to her you have a high tolerance for being miserable I mean it, or some this is at least what I remember from her saying it <laughs> it kind of shook me a bit and uh yeah maybe it'll um maybe you'll hear that and go oh, or maybe you'll hear that and go just get on with the episode <laughs> but anyway so now I'm uh, obsessively cleaning my living space because why be miserable? Imagine if it was that easy. Imagine if someone just had to say, hey, hey, you're miserable. And then you went, oh, you know what? I'm going to do the dishes and just be happy. <laughs> Probably not going to happen, but um, at least I'll wake up and the floor will be clean. Let's see. First, uh, before I let you um, listen to my conversation with Olivia, Olivia is, oh, I mean, it's rare that I connect so quickly with someone on such a deep level Um it gets a bit Scorpio heavy. <laughs> Maybe that's the the essence of it is that we're both Scorpios. If you don't believe in astrology, you can still listen. But, you know, you'll probably get more out of it if you if you do believe in it a bit or if you're just fascinated. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited for you to hear the conversation. Uh, Olivia's just the best. I love it a bit already. Uh, even though we've only met once, I'm, um, I'm into it. I'm into the Olivia Campbell and her honesty and her brilliance. Before I let you listen, though, I just want to quickly remind you that I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this August from the 31st of July till the 25th of August, every single day apart from the 12th. And it's my brand new show that I love so, 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 so much. It's on at 7 p.m. at the Queen Dome, and the show is called The Bum Swing. And I really hope you can come. <laughs> I'm in a huge room. And I just really, really want people to come and sit in that huge room and and watch the show. That would be really great because I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I know what I'm doing with stand-up. I'm good at stand-up, but I don't know what I'm doing with that room. It's a very big room. Uh, so please come, get tickets and come. 
even if you're gonna come and you haven't bought tickets yet, but you have the money to buy the tickets, buy them now. So I feel uh, less stressed in the morning when I check my ticket sales. <laughs> and I'm then taking the bum swing, my new show, on tour. I will be in a lot of places. I'm going to be in Winchester, Kendall, Aberdeen, Buxton, Bromsgrove, Leicester, Northampton, Reading, Blackheath, Farnham, Oxford, Maidenhead, Ferrum, New Milton, York, Sheffield, Lancaster, Didcot, <laughs> Aldershot, Canterbury, Colchester, Cambridge, Leeds, Alnwick, Folkestone, and Bristol. I don't know if I pronounced all of them correctly. And we will add more dates. We'll add uh, Birmingham and Brighton and uh, Cardiff and uh, Swansea and Newcastle and London and so many other places. Um, but as for now, we're in these places. So please, please buy tickets now. The tour will start in September. The first date is in Winchester. I will also be going to Copenhagen and Lund. And uh, Secret Dinosaur Cult has dates as well. A lot of new, which is my other podcast, my live comedy podcast. We have loads of other dates, uh, both in London uh, and Copenhagen and London and Edinburgh. So basically, basically... I need, I need to be more famous than this, because I'm. I need to sell a lot of tickets in the next six months, <laughs> and um, yeah. So you know what? If you can afford to go and see me twice, why not do that? You know, <laughs> because I have vastly um, um, probably exaggerated my popularity. <laughs> so why not tell a friend? Why not bring two hundred friends? out to see me because I I would love to play to people <laughs> on this tour and in Edinburgh uh, fingers crossed right fingers crossed fingers crossed now uh, am I forgetting anything I mean the small stuff I wrote a book by my book is called happy fat I released my own clothing line with plus equals it goes to plus equals <laughs> I mean go to my website see what I'm up to it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot right now, isn't it? It's like buy my book, buy my clothing line designs and also tickets for all of my shows and listen to all of my podcasts. And I mean, I really need you to, to love me intensely because I have a lot of stuff out there. So please, please love me. Please love me. Oh, I'm talking to you like you're my dad. Now, I will let you listen to uh, this episode. Uh, one of the uh, one of the most honest conversations I've had with anyone, um, the incredible Olivia Campbell. For people who might not know who you are, do you want to just introduce yourself? Okay, well, my name is Olivia Campbell and I am a plus-size model and uh, I'm not going to use the word, but I do stuff on Instagram. Um, I hate the word that begins with I. Uh, because, yeah, I don't think I influence anything, but um, I do do stuff online. And I'm also a mum. It's probably the thing that I do the most of. Yeah. I'm a single mum <laughs> to a very tenacious 13-year-old boy. It takes up a lot of time. A lot of time. <laughs> Teenagers are stressful. I can imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> you forget. You think it's, oh, it wasn't that long ago. And then you're like, oh, gosh, I forgot how awful I was. <laughs> How moody and the hormones, my poor mother. <laughs> Dude, how how is that? Because I only have friends with tiny children, and I think that is re that's a for me it's a weird experience because the way I treat these children are so <laughs> like the way I was treated. I mean, that sounds like a bad thing, but you know when you're like, no, yeah, it's I feel like saying the things yeah, yeah. that my mom would say to me, yeah. I had to go, whoa, hold on, what am Hang I on. doing? <laughs> but what's it like with a teenager? Um, with a teenager, it's more you know. You can give them advice, they're not, they're not taking it, generally, mm. anyway. Well, my son's not. He's highly intelligent and very, very stubborn. So he's just like, well, I already know that. He knows far more than me. So he's just <laughs> like, I mm, don't really need your advice because I'm just superior. Um, <laughs> so everything seems to be going great in his 13-year-old life. He's just like, it's all good. Um, but it is very different having a small child and like the responsibility changes which is weird the whole dynamic changes and then suddenly like for me my son's now taller than me and like got bigger feet than me and he's 13 and I'm just like oh my gosh 
you're going to be six foot very shortly. <laughs> He's got a full moustache. And I'm just like, how is this oh. happening? He looks like an adult. And that's the, I think that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> because he went from being, it was two minutes ago, he was this tiny little oh. cheruby baby with the big cheeks and oh. just so cute and did what I asked him to most of the time. <laughs> And now he is this fully-fledged adult with, you know... Wow. Well, he's not quite an adult, but physically and mentally, like, he has his own... Everything sorted in his mind. Like, he has his own fixed ideas. Wow. And there's not really much you can do to influence them. Once he's decided something, he's like, no, this is it. This is how it's going to be. And um, I've made, you know, the final decision. <laughs> so wow. it's very so have you... Do you was there a point where you because that's my theory is that most people never really feel like adults themselves oh no I don't but luckily my mum warned me of that oh yeah she used to say to me um you you don't grow up you grow old ah and it hit me at a certain, when I was young I was like what is she talking about weird hippie and then at a certain point in my life I was like oh I get it wow that must be weird then being like, oh my God, this this child now feels more adult than I possibly feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he does as well. <laughs> he's far more logical and he's probably far more together than me. Um, and yeah, it's really surreal. It's just like, oh, how dare you try and give me advice? <laughs> how dare you? He keeps trying to give me advice about my love life. I'm like... You're 13, babe. <laughs> like, what do you know? Does he have a pint now? <laughs> Probably. Is it good I advice? Mean, I mean, well... Mm. <laughs> it doesn't go... <laughs> not probably not the best advice <laughs> but he's just you know I've recently been quite heartbroken and he's like oh well you're still sad get over it you know let's move on wow and I'm like okay no Phoenix this is really quite a big thing for me I'm like I'm actually sad I'm really sad <laughs> and my heart hurts and he's like yeah well you just you just need to find somebody else that you like <laughs> Oh, to be a 13 oh year old God. boy. Yeah, just, just you move win. on. Don't just worry about win. it. Don't worry about it. You're okay. going to get this advice from right back in your face, yeah. mister. <laughs> soon, soon it will be my turn. Oh, don't worry about her. Just move on. It's nothing. So, is that where, like, right now, this moment where we meet in this conversation, is that where you are in your life? Are you a bit heartbroken? Like, what's, where are you in oh, your I'm emotional e world? Oh, extraordinarily heartbroken. Oh, Yesterday, no. I said goodbye to, like, somebody that's not only somebody that I love, but that is my best friend. Oh, no. And it was excruciating. Dad. I've known it's been coming for a while. Um, because it's, it's, I just couldn't be in this pattern. I've been doing, I think, most of my life of unrequited love. Mm. And I just was like, I have to, I have to end this. I've been consciously trying to end a lot of my cycles and patterns in the past year and year and a half. And um, this one was probably the hardest because there was essentially nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. He's incredible. Mm. He's my favorite person. It's just, he doesn't feel about me the way that I feel about him. And if I was to stay in the situation, yeah. at the end of the day, I know it'd be detrimental to my health. Yeah. But it was one of those, there is no silver lining ones because yeah. I was like, I lose if I stay, I lose if I go, but I had to pick me. Yeah. I think it was probably the first time in my life that I picked me over wow. somebody else that I, like, that I love or care about's feelings. So I was like, it, it's, it's big. Um, and I've just thrown myself into the gym, which I never thought I'd say. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. The gym. I mean, I still feel slightly nauseous when I say them. <laughs> slight acid rising. But I knew that I would have a mental breakdown if I didn't find something to occupy my mind and to create some form of serotonin when I know I'm going to be heavily lacking in it. So last week I joined and I've, I go every day and it's now my happy time. It's my safe space. And I, it's probably the only thing that's getting me through because 
I can guarantee you, if not, I would not be here today. I would have called and said, sorry, Sophie, I've broken both my legs in an accident <laughs> and I can't possibly move for at least three weeks uh, because I would have been under my duvet, yeah. probably with some form of drink in my hand, yeah. um, uh, just having my own little pity party. Yeah, of course. And as much as that's needed at times, it's not particularly practical. It's not going to change the situation. So I thought, oh, if I could get my fitness levels up, I'm definitely not trying to lose weight. I'm eating yeah. Like, yeah. more than I ever have now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not that kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to have to counterbalance all this exercise with copious <laughs> amounts of carbohydrates. Um, but yeah, I think fitness and mentally, I thought, why not use the rejection as a redirection? Yeah. And for once in my life, make the change a physical one one that um will have me doing something other than lying under my duvet crying but <laughs> first of all well done thank you, you. choosing you <laughs> i've got joe in the gym for choosing you no exactly yeah. for choosing me yeah, yeah. that's uh, it that's it great is that. that's big that's very big yeah and it is it might be sometimes difficult to feel when you're in like a uh, kind of emotional state but it is really big it is it's yeah really it's, it's it's it was huge I think for yeah. me um, because I think I if I'm in love with somebody they will always come first Yeah, their feelings will always come on top of mine whether or not they are reciprocated or not even if they don't love me I will still somehow yeah. manage to make it all about them and I often take far too much blame in situations that I actually have very little to no blame in yeah. to try and placate situations um, and so I just thought no don't do it this time just pick you leave it's going to be hard it's going to be disgusting yuck 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 feel sick but you know six months I'm going to be in a completely different place yeah um, and who knows who I will be with or what I will be um, hopefully I'll be with myself, to be fair. Hopefully I'll be single and happy. <laughs> yeah. Is it a, the, one of the patterns, is that in the unrequited love? Is that, um, was that a pattern? Like, have you, uh, all, yeah. have you been in this situation before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, uh, not like this, but definitely, I think, especially when I was young. Mm. Especially when I was young um, and, like, early teens, like, when I was starting to go through puberty, when I started getting feelings, they were or like pretty much always unrequited you know yeah. I was taller than everyone else I was fatter than everybody else had huge hair you know I was just not what they were what little boys are looking for <laughs> I looked like an adult woman had huge boobs had to start wearing a bra when I was like seven or eight so yeah I was all of the feelings were unrequited and then as I got older and got more confident and also as things change and I grew and evolved into myself obviously it changed but I find that it's still one of a couple of my patterns that are very unhealthy that I thought I'd stopped and mm. then realized that I hadn't yeah, does that come from some, have you located the source I mean I think it's um, so difficult it's so difficult to find out what is like what it is what's a pattern and what is just bad luck well, I think it's all about self-worth. I was talking about this recently on Instagram because I think, I think people often think that confidence and self-worth are the same thing and mm. they are not. I mean, I am too confident, actually, probably. Um, but I have, like, zero self-worth. Yeah. So it's trying to convince yourself that you are worthy of love and worthy of... Um, of anything, of, for me, it's worthy. It's financially. I've always had issues with money, um, and not liking it, not thinking that I was that I deserve to have any because other people maybe didn't have it or whatever. Um, so yeah, financially, love, I think jobs, and I just think in every aspect of my life, at some point or other, I have convinced myself that I wasn't worthy of something mm. because I didn't deserve it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just isolating those feelings and trying to then change, change those patterns. But that's so much easier said than done, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. 
And I think a lot of things you know and you figure them out, but it'll still take you many years to work through them. Yeah. Like I've known I've had this issue for many years, and yet here I am today, yeah. <laughs> still thinking, right, final time, let's get this done, <laughs> let's work through it. And um, I think... I think it's a thing that will go on forever. Yeah. And I think healing is a perpetual thing. Um, and it's, you know, you can go to therapy and you can deal with a situation, you can deal with your trauma, but two days later, two years later, 20 years later, you could be in a situation, someone could say something, you could hear a song, see a clip of a movie, anything that will take you straight back mm. to where you were before you even started dealing with it. Yeah. And then you've got to do it all over again. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'm healed now, I've dealt with it, la, 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 la. And it's like, mm, don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But it's, also, it's, also like it's love, a lifestyle. Love is just something that doesn't exist with eyes. Oh, I mean, this sounds so blah. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Say it anyway. Love, love doesn't exist without pain, right? No, like, it doesn't. It's no, very, I do. It's so, agree. so rare that you just love and everything's easy and perfect and no one ever gets hurt. Well, like, yeah. That's just, that's almost never because happens. there's no right? growth in that. There's yeah. absolutely zero growth in that. Yeah. And so, and love is painful. Even when it's going well, it's painful. <laughs> Even when you're, and especially with me, I've got the brain that as soon as, I'm happy and I get too happy I'm like oh shit something really bad's gonna happen mm -hmm. and that actually happened with this situation two weeks ago I was the happiest I've ever been in my whole life and then I was like oh my god you're too happy and he said one thing that just made my brain go tick 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 you're right at some point I am gonna have to leave this situation oh. blah 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 and then I thought well why not do it now and <laughs> oh, my god. here we are Wow. I, but what I like is that it's so spontaneous. Or that you once you have the thought. Yeah. You're like, well, now it has to. Yeah. Well, I mean, hmm. I'd had the, mm -hmm. th to be fair, had the thought for about six months. But it's once it really, you're like, no, you really have to deal yeah. with this. I always knew it was the eventuality. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. But usually normal humans just let things play out. Yeah. My brain cannot let anything play out. No. It has to be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Something you're either going to be really happy at this point, let's prepare, or you're going to be really sad, let's prepare. In fact, you know, you are going to be sad, just fuck it, just kill it now, set it on fire, it will be fine, just deal with the pain now, and then you don't have to later. And um, yeah, it's probably not the healthiest way to do I don't things. know, I kind of relate to it in terms of like even just flirting, yeah, or be trying to date, or beginning to date. I also can't, I can't do the the game thing where we don't really know is this a thing do we like I can't stand it I, I have to know I can't just be like well maybe I'll see you around you yeah, maybe <laughs> no what, are you into me are you into me romantically sexually what is this what, do you, what, what is do you this wanna, when yeah. are we going to see each other when are yeah. we going to what are we going to be doing is it sex is it sex is it sex <laughs> Are we doing the set? Yeah. Please tell me we're doing the set. Yeah. Oh. But then people go like, well, oh, I don't know where we are. I don't know where we stand. You must know this. You must have had the thoughts, right? You must have thought about this. No, I haven't. I was just like living my life. Why? Why are you living your life? Why are you not thinking about what we're going to be it. doing? Why haven't weeks? you calculated yeah. every moment of this situation? What exactly are you feeling and why? And how much of it is because of your childhood? Come on. Yeah. Come on. What stems from the childhood trauma? Tell me, please. Like, what are your commitment issues? I need to know. Because I know now. mine. Here they are. Yeah. Right. They were, I was three years old. Let's go through them right yeah. now. Yeah. I'll write you a list. I've already got one. I've got one printed and laminated here. Yeah, my notes from therapy. I've got my therapist from when I was a child and my therapist now. And yeah. I thought we should all have a conversation before this one night stand. Yes. Just to make sure. That you Just to make sure. <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's hard being human. <laughs> it really, it really, it really is. is. It really is. Emotions are just so tedious. Yeah. Just like, oh, and I wish I wasn't a water sign. Why so many emotions? Other people use logic to move through life. Which I'm one? Like, which? Logic? Huh. 
Scorpio, I use emotion to move through life. That's exactly what I do. I don't understand logic. I mean, I would have guessed that sometimes the people are not into astrology, they get really offended when you call them a Scorpio. But... <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a bad rap, but actually, I think we are... Well, we're the best, yeah. We are the oh, oh, yeah. Scorpio. Oh, of, of, course, of, course, of course, of course you are. We are the best. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I don't know why, who gave us such a bad rap? all the other ones because really and truly we're by far the most loyal oh yeah I mean I am loyal well past when I should be like years after the event I'm still being loyal to the situation (laughs) but also very loyal to um, to to, uh, grudges and revenge Oh, very loyal do you know to what? Really I'm no, I'm really? not a revenge one. I oh. yeah, I don't do revenge. Mm. Um, You're missing out. Yeah, I, you get I just really into it, you? <laughs> <laughs> you get really into it. That's really good. <laughs> I've never really been. I think when I was young, I was yeah, I had very vengeful thoughts. <laughs> and now when I'm like in my height of anger, I'm like fuck them, blah blah blah. This is gonna happen. Blah, blah, blah. Come as a bitch. Blah blah blah. And then two minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. I never want to see them again. It's absolutely fine. I want nothing to do with the situation anyway. And the only revenge is that they're never gonna see me ever again. So you're lost, really. <laughs> But I don't know how we got such a bad rap. Jealousy. I mean, it's like slight, slight jealousy issues sometimes. Yeah. Just and maybe occasionally. just don't speak to other people. Just and then say, yeah, exactly. Is she your girlfriend? No. Then is she your sister? Because this is all we need to ascertain right now. Because unless it's your mum's sister or cousin. <laughs> well, I don't think that's unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, okay, now I say it out loud. Maybe Scorpios are slightly unreasonable. <laughs> I don't know how we got such a bad You can just start fucking that, that cashier. That yeah. you're, clearly fu- you're clearly fucking the cashier. <laughs> I saw the eye contact. I saw it. She touched your hand. <laughs> no, I've got much better in my old age, but I mean, I feel that for any Scorpio it is a journey to get over those feelings and to live in the real world where you cannot control what other humans do it's how re- dare it's, you it's really hard being a sign that whenever you google your sign plus another sign compatibility it always says 1% <laughs> that is really tricky you're like Ooh. oh and you oh I've never I've never dated an Aquarius before let me check oh no no that's why not that one either yeah no? yeah I, I've, and I've also realized another pattern of my dating habits is um, that when I often fall in lust, it's never really love, but in heavy lust, which I think at the time is love, mm-hmm. with Libras, yeah. and it's a completely pointless exercise for us both because it's going to be dead within three weeks. It's like we're going to marry each other. Oh, my God, I love you. The sun shines out of your asshole. And then in two weeks, it's like, oh, my God, you're a fucking Libra, man. You can't make any decisions. I just don't know why I did this. What was the point anyway? Okay, I'm never speaking to you again. So I've done that a good 10, 12 times yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dream is another Scorpio. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never dated and I've slept yeah. with other Scorpios. God yeah, damn it, yeah. we're spectacular. Yeah, of course it is. It's all truth. Everything they say is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Find you a Scorpio and you're set for life. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't actually dated one. My old male best friend was a Scorpio from when I was like a teenager. And I never, ever wanted to sleep with him. Uh, but he was an absolute nightmare. Kind of put me off the nightmare. And now we know why we're single. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm always single. That's another thing. I'm perpetually single. It's kind of like my calling card. Especially on things like my birthday and Valentine's Day. Mm. And all the times where I could be having a great time, having great sex and getting great gifts. I'm always single. I don't know why. It's because I like to blow things up yeah, before the big moments, of just course. in case yeah. it was going to go bad on that day. I'd like to blow up three weeks before just to preempt and uh, to yeah. have control. You to have, have control. control. Yes. Have full control. <laughs> full control. things that you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. It's not asking too much. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you and you have a a child. How is it like with dating when you? 
Oh, well, I mean, uh, well, that's part of, that's another one of my cycles. So, I mean, for me, I did not ever want him to see men coming in and out of my Mm. life. Um, And so dating was an, it wasn't really dating. It became beauty calls. It became a nighttime thing where I would get my need when my child was asleep or at my mum's or like somewhere else. (laughs) And he wouldn't interact with the men. I think that was mostly to do with that I never really found anyone that I thought would be a good um, role model for him. Mm. Uh, And, like, we're picky. (laughs) We're very picky, Scorpio. Because I never... I've only ever been, like, truly in love a few times. Once was with his dad, who was... uh, Would have been an awful role model for him. Um... And then it's only more recently, in the past few years, and now he's huge. So now it's kind of completely changes. So it doesn't matter if I date now. Um, so it's a bit of a shame. Now he doesn't need... Well, he'll always need a male role model, but now it's not a necessity. Yeah. It's an option, whereas when it was, it just wasn't an option for us. Yeah. Um, and I think I regret that. I feel guilty about that at times. Um, but also I think I was abused as a child and so I think for me it was also a huge part of trust in people especially men and um, and wanting to break that cycle yeah like this is a generation that it ends with and 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 I did you know he's blessed nothing's ever happened to him and so it was worth it on many levels yeah but it was difficult it kind of just moves everything to the night time which means it can never really be anything yeah can you can never really build a proper relationship um because yeah i mean what happens in night time stays in night time doesn't it <laughs> uh and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to because it's very personal but <clears throat> what happened to you when you were a child was that what age was that five six so when you're when your son was five to six was that a because I've heard of this from, from other people who yeah. have suffered abuse or who survived abuse, that suddenly seeing your own child, you kind of got this connection to your yeah, to yourself. To what, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it's the seeing them and seeing how vulnerable little children are. I think it did bring the trauma back up for me. Um, definitely. I think having a child in general brought the trauma up because I think it wasn't until after I'd had my son that I told my mum what had happened. Really? Yeah. So I was 21 when I told her what had happened and I had my son just after my 20th birthday. Um, so I think it, it definitely made me think about things and it made me think about how much it formed who I am as a person mm. and how I needed to end certain traits and drop certain things while being a parent and not have that paranoia and project it onto him Mm. and his life um so it's trying to be all like cool and breezy about everything while actually internally going who's that person why is he talking to you run blah 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 you know every person on the street that gives him like makes eye contact for a little too long you're like what are you thinking you Mm. sick person And it's just people just doing normal things, you know. Yeah. But it does make you very wary. And um, seeing, yeah, seeing how vulnerable and fragile children are, I think drives home how much of a violation it was for you. Yeah. Because when you're in it, as awful as it is, you're in it. And there are many, many layers to it. Um, And then you kind of, your brain tries to block it off as much as it can. You move on with your life. And then, of course, it's all brought back up again when you yourself have a kid and think, God, how am I going to keep them safe? How can I protect them from this? And I think for me, because... And I think that's a huge part of why I didn't date, because mm. it was my mum's partner that did it to me. Mm. So I thought, if my mum could love somebody that could violate me in that way, God knows that is anything's mm. possible. So I could love somebody... <clears throat> 
And then they could do that to my child. Mm. So it was just never an option. It was just yeah. not an option. And now he's big enough. To be fair, he's taller than most of the men I date. <laughs> so he's big enough to knock them all out anyway. <laughs> so we're okay. They can't do anything at this point. Um, but yeah, it is. It's terrifying when, yeah. it, when you start to think of it from the outside perspective, from the like parent's perspective, as opposed to being the child. Well, how was the conversation with your mother? Oh, it wasn't great. I'd rather not talk about it. It wasn't great. Absolutely don't have to. Um, Absolutely don't have to talk about that. I just, it's, it's, you know, we've had better conversations since. But um, at the time, she didn't believe me, which I thought was absolutely ludicrous because who lies? Like, what adult decides to lie about something that happened when they were a child? I mean, it doesn't make sense. And then I got highly annoyed. Um that she saw, I think it was a psychic, or she had a reading one day that said it, and then I got a huge apology. I was like, but I said it. So I think that put a big dent in our our relationship because we were very close. And we still are hugely close. I mean, I still see her all the time. But that's something that she can never take back. But it taught me there are things that you can never take back, you know? Mm. It taught me as a parent, there are words, there are things that you cannot take back. And so I'm trying to teach my child. But he's got a thing. He's always been a bit of a fibber when he was little. He used to a tell what? silly porky pies like oh, fibs. Yeah. Um, about absolutely ridiculous things. Phoenix, did you just have the drink from the fridge? No. Why is the lid not on the drink then? I don't know. And it's just like, just silly little things. But I've always tried to teach him from when he was small that I need you to tell me the truth because there's going to be a point in time where I, I, you're going to need me to believe you. You're going to need me to have 100% faith in you. And so like, if we can have honest, truthful communication about things, then we have a great basis for the future. Um, because I think everyone, there's a point where, you know, whether it's at school and the teacher accuses you or somebody said something, mm. there'll be a point where you need your mum to just support, believe you and support you and uh you know have your back not that i wouldn't even if i thought he was lying but you know it's it's nice to trust yeah Mm. definitely how what was your process from just i guess becoming you now was there have you been in therapy have you how much did self taught um i have i did therapy a lot when i was young so uh, my dad died when i was 11 and i think that was the beginning of my descent (laughs) into um god knows what i mean uh so i started therapy at school when i was 11 um because i was year seven i just started secondary school and i hated it and then i think i revisited therapy about 15 and I hated it again (laughs) and then I um my mum got cancer about five years five years ago now um she had the beginning of this year was her five years cancer free um which was amazing but at the time she had cancer the woman that uh was like my second mum who was I had just, I was just as close to her as I was to my mum. She also helped raise me, uh, was like dying of cancer at the time. They were both in hospital at the same time. And I was just like, I just cannot. And I think at that point I thought, I'm just going to lose absolutely everything that I have. And because I have mental health, I was like, oh God, who's going to be my anchor? Mm. Um, And I just thought, oh God, being a mum without either of them is going to be an absolute nightmare. So I went into therapy at that point and I went on medication at that point and um, again, absolutely loathed it if I'm honest. Um, For me, my process is always self-taught. It's always, I have to learn things and I have to figure them out and I have to make the mistakes in order to evolve and to grow from things and I think all of the deepest greatest things that I've ever learned have come from a time where I was in the most pain or I was in a highly stressful situation and 
so yeah, all, I just use those moments and I think, okay, get yourself out of your head and your emotions and think about what the lesson was here. What was the universe trying to teach you? Because I do believe that everything is a teachable moment. So I was like, <sighs> sometimes there's not a silver lining, but there's always a teachable moment. So if you can get your head out of the current situation, then you, you learn such beautiful things and such amazing things. And I feel that's all about the soul's evolution. It can only, you can only get better with going through darkness. I mean, if it was all light, then we, we'd all be so bored. I mean, we wouldn't know what it was. If it, if it was all one thing, then, it yeah, it wouldn't be anything, exactly. So, yeah, I think therapy is a great, I, for lots of people I know, it's a hugely important tool. Um, but it just didn't work with the way that my mind works. Mm. Um, but also, it's because I've only ever had one specific type. And I don't know which type it is right now, so I couldn't tell you, but it's <laughs> the type that I didn't need, apparently. It's one where they just sit and go, hmm... Hmm. Well, you talk solidly for the hour, and then they go, "How did? So how does that make you feel?" I need someone to go. That shit. That's really shit. And you you are entitled to feel like that shit, and you're entitled to feel like you know that situation sucked, but it's going to get better. Yeah. Not. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, and then how did you feel? So I'm like, bitch, I just told you how the fuck I felt. <laughs> Why are you asking me stupid questions? Do you get paid? A lot of money to do this because wow I'm in the wrong job honestly I'm in the wrong job I could do hmm how do you feel all day fine yeah I have one for a long time who would say and then once a month I'd say right but so what do we do now like, yeah. what do we do about this what, and she was like that's what we're in the process of and I said there's nothing's happening. There's nothing. Like, but that, this is what was happening. We, something is happening. And, I, and she was like, can you not feel that something's happening? I was like, no, I can't feel that something's happening. And now the one I have now, she's like, right, we're going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. all I need. Uh, yeah, exactly. Several of my really good friends at the moment are in therapy, and that's exactly what they've got. And they're just like, I wish everybody could have a person like this yeah. to speak to. Because it's very proactive, and like we're reaching a goal, and we're actually working through things rather than just swimming in yeah. our own little pity party for an hour every week, which is what I did. I used to go into therapy feeling shit. I'd get anxiety about it, mm. huge anxiety about it for days, and then go in there feeling shit and come out feeling even worse, oh. having cried the entire time, and then just think, why are you doing this? Yeah. I think, I, I think maybe I needed that when I was a teenager, just yeah. like someone to talk to. But yes. now I'm like... Yes, now yeah, you need I know, somebody to... I know everything that happened. Like, <laughs> through that, I yeah. agree it's very bad. I didn't deserve it, et yes. cetera. However, <laughs> what do we do? And I get homework. Oh, Ooh, I love it. You get homework. Oh, that's homework. good. I can be like the hey, teacher. I did some extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was, is it a good okay, is, go is it a better drawing than all the other <laughs> patients you have? <laughs> Did I do how, how good am I at therapy? I'm good. Okay, I'm therapy. great at therapy. I'm <laughs> killing this. Yes, love that. Um, so a question I always ask is, um, and it's sort of based on uh, I've read a few interviews with you, and you will have been asked questions by mm -hmm. people before. You get probably get loads of questions on social media from people all the time, uh, but. What question would you most want for me to ask you? Which is basically like, what do you want to talk about? What maybe you had something on on your mind when you Ooh, were going here, thinking, is she going to ask that? One, Sophie. I don't you know. Like to, what should I ask you if you were me asking you? What would you ask you? Oh, that's the hardest question I've ever been asked in an interview. How dare you, Sophie? <laughs> I do not know. I'm stumped. Um, uh, it could be something as simple as like you just watch this film and you're desperate to talk about it or I mean um oh, I don't know that it's so hard I'm trying to think about it no it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be about something external it would be about oneself but I don't know what it would be for me I always find that I prefer talking about real stuff mm. And like, like what we've been doing today, it's great. For me, that's great. I, 
loathe interviews where it's just like, oh, so how did you get into modelling? And how did you do this? And we don't ever actually talk about anything real because I'm like, no one actually learns anything from that. Um, if people want to know how I got into modelling, they can read one of many interviews that I've already done. And now it's all about having some soul food. So, oh, okay, let me think. What would the question be? I absolutely am stumped. I don't think I've ever been speechless. Do you know that? I think I'm the only person to have... I'm like, oh my gosh. I can think of many responses, but they're not... They're just not really good enough. Hmm. Okay, can I answer this then? Okay, Um, you go. (laughs) It might... I don't know know about this question. Okay, go ahead. Basically, you've been through a lot of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. What positive thing has come that has come from that what's the positive thing about it I am so resilient I am resilient beyond belief I now know that I can take on pretty much anything and that I can come out the other side even if I have a mental breakdown halfway through it I can come out the other side with my mind which is the most important thing for me and my dignity. So I think there's been many things and many, many awful things, just so many awful things have happened in life. But as we were just saying, for me, I use them as teachable moments. So with each awful thing that's happened to me, something incredible has come out of it. And it's elevated my soul in one level or another, or it's put another little part of the puzzle of my life together. Um, And so, like, even in my darkest moments, I know that what I'm going through is essentially just making me so much stronger and keeping me, getting me ready for all the great stuff that I'm sure is coming in abundance because I'm really sure that I deserve it now, universe, just (laughs) desperately waiting um, for the abundance of spectacular, wonderful things and joy that is on the way. Um, And what else? What other great things? My son. My son came out of, that's why it's called Phoenix. He's a bird that rose from the ashes. Um, And it means a person or an object of unsurpassed beauty or excellence. And my pregnancy was a very dark time for me. I cried every single day. It was absolutely awful. I didn't get any of the warm fuzzy shit that everyone else got. I went to all my classes by myself, went to all my scams by myself, had absolutely no spousal support because um, we, we'd separated. And How old were you when you were? I was 19. And it was not... I had no intentions of getting pregnant and having, you know, a baby at 19. Like, no intentions. But I'd been told that I couldn't have kids um, uh, while, while I was dating his dad, like, I don't know, about four months before, three or four months before I got pregnant. Uh, I'd actually gone for an SCD test and they'd been giving me an examination and she was like, uh, we've, you've got to go to a hospital immediately because I can feel a really, really large lump. And I was like, cool. Sure. So when, uh, and it was my ovaries, so I had polycystic ovaries um, and they said like, it, the chances of you getting pregnant naturally are quite low because I had many other gynae issues. And um, so when I got pregnant, I was like, wow, this is a miracle. It was a 20-second decision. I was just like, yeah. I, I was so adamant that I wasn't pregnant that I, was, uh, I had a glass of champagne in my hand while I was taking the test. <laughs> a glass of champagne in one hand and a joint in the other hand. I was living my best <laughs> life. And then I was like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Wow. Adult time. And um, I think it was a hard situation but again I had so much growth in it um and I got the best gift in the entire world and I yeah so I think he's probably the best thing that came out of a difficult situation actually my son 
cocky and rude as he is. <laughs> he's brilliant. And he's the funniest human I know. Yeah. So, like, he keeps, yeah, he keeps me going. He's absolutely hilarious. He runs on sarcasm, which is, as you know, Scorpio's <laughs> default setting. I'm like, yes, yes, this is great. I didn't even have to teach you that. You just knew. It's is in he your Scorpio genetics. Too, or is he... No, he's Capricorn, like my mother. Stressful oh, creatures. <laughs> Oh, stressful. <laughs> Very different to us. <laughs> I find all my friends are either Capricorn or Scorpio. Everyone yeah. in my life is either Capricorn or Scorpio, pretty much. Have you, have a few Taurus, of other Tauruses. things. Like, Tauruses. Yeah, I've only got uh, one Taurus. Danny Vanier, hi, we love you. <laughs> she's a Taurus. Oh. Um, at least I think she's a Taurus. My brain's saying she's a Taurus. Yeah, she is. She is, because we have talked about this recently, because that's our opposite sign. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, oh, there are there are opposites. Sense. So we, that's there are. Sense. Yeah. They're meant to be who we <laughs> merge really well with. Wouldn't know. No dated one. Only have one Taurus friend. <laughs> Calling all Tauruses. I need more in my life. Seriously, that should be a, da- should be a dating site based on astrology. Yeah. It really should be like an app or something where you're like, today I only want to meet. Oh yeah, because Scorpio. Yeah, or, yeah. So Scorpio dating site. I mean, like a Scorpio although nightclub. I feel or, that. Most people would say I, the only one I don't want to meet is Scorpio because they yeah, don't we'd be know what they're talking in the, about. In the fat Scorpio app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sylvia again. No. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. Oh, oh. Sophie. Olivia. <laughs> Sophie. Oh, Olivia. Oh, great. <laughs> do you do you ever feel? Mm, it's such an ugly feeling. We feel it's not. It's not no feelings are ugly. But <laughs> do you I ever love feel that. resentful? Like in some, do you ever have any yes. moments where you're like, and I hate it. Fuck all of you. Yeah. Like, why is this so hard? Mm. You can all go fuck yourselves. I find I hate feeling resentful, and I hate. Um, it, it's like jealousy, isn't it? It's just one of those emotions that I really don't enjoy feeling. The last thing that I ever want to be is bitter mm. about anything. So as much as I do feel resentful, like, uh, trust me, I'm feeling pretty resentful at the moment <laughs> about my current life. Why don't you love me? I don't understand. Um, but um, in reality, I won't be feeling resentful for long. And it's just, that's not, I don't even think that's the right word. It's just that feeling, isn't it? And it's, it's horrid where you just think, yeah, fuck everything. I just, why doesn't anything ever go right? And blah, blah, blah. Um, but hopefully those feelings are always fleeting because even if the next thing isn't going to go right, it's still gonna, there's still going to be something else to take your mind off it. So, um, yeah, I just try and stay away from any emotions that keep me feeling that kind of negativity. Yeah. Just for my own personal growth. I just yeah. think, like, even in awful situations, even when you're, like, breaking up with someone and it's horrific... I like to try my best to walk away in a good space, at least attempt to, um, so so as to not feel bitter about it, because ugh, life's just too short. I feel so many other shit things, that mm. <laughs> bitter and resentment, I just don't really need in my life. I don't. Yeah, I had a, a moment with a therapist i think she was just summarizing what i'd been saying she just said yeah so your whole life has just been like this and i was like that was the first time i realized it's been my whole life mm. my whole, whole life. life i've never had a moment to just like <laughs> relax and be just a bit shit. yeah what? thanks 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 for putting that, that out was the, that was the first life. moment where i was like well fuck everyone yeah yeah fuck <laughs> i've this. never had a moment I think being a single mum, when your kids are young, there's at least 10 minutes of every day where you feel huge resentment to the universe. Because it's just like, wow, it's a lot to deal with forming a human by yourself. Because I really think that's the most important part of being a parent. Like, it's literally you're forming another person. That's your only job is to create a good human mm. and give them the best life that they that you can. But that's the end goal isn't it not mm. having a psycho <laughs> not having you know absolute horrible horrible child or um you know misogynistic man child that you gave birth to yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh no God. so 
Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I now have a lot of friends who are who have where they're but they're both parents. They are how do you say co-parents? They're not single parents. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And co-parents. Yeah. And that I, I think because my mom was a single mother, is a single mother. I always in my head I thought, well, that, I mean, that is really like of course that's so difficult. And then it's probably easier to be two. But yeah. now I've seen how hard it is for two. And I'm oh, like, yeah. fucking hell, it must have been a war. Well, it yeah, I don't know. Been... I think yes and no. I think it's always hard for two. Yeah. I think a lot of my friends are like, oh, but, you know, on one level, at least you only had the one kid because my husband <laughs> comes home oh, and then I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to answer to him and a blah, blah, blah. In a way, and all I'm mothers like, are single mothers. Yeah, I'm saying. like, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know that many hugely active, fantastic dads. Um, and... So, yeah, <laughs> it's always difficult. But it's interesting. My mum was a single mother. I think I always saw myself as a single mm. mother. I yeah. don't... There was just... Yeah. I, I kind of always knew that I would be. Because yeah. there wasn't... That's, that's what I knew. Yeah, that's the option. And I'm sad about that now with my child that I haven't shown him mm. great relationships. So now I really need to find one. I'm taking applications now in case you know anyone amazing. <laughs> Sign up for our new dating Yeah. App. <laughs> That's going to be a dating app. <laughs> and um, because I would love to show him a good relationship. Because I've seen so few. I mean, obviously, I've seen my friends have great relationships, allegedly. <laughs> I mean, but so few times have I seen, like, adults. Yeah. I remember going um, to, in fact, Danny's house yeah. uh, on a press trip and meeting her parents and actually crying for most of the weekend because they are so in love and yeah. they are so amazing. They are literally the nicest couple in the world. And me and one of the um, PR guys who had taken us on this trip there were just crying our eyes out because we never witnessed it. Wow. We'd never seen love like that. We, we didn't know, we see it in movies, but like never ever been in that close proximity to people that have been in love like that for so long. And it's not just like... I've got many friends that are madly in love and they have great relationships, but it's, you know, we're still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to see someone's oh. parents still be that much in love, like when they look at each other, it's oh. outrageous. Like the sparks just fly and you can just see how much they adore each other. Um, and that, yeah, I just kept on bursting into tears. It was hugely embarrassing, actually. <laughs> Had like all my childhood trauma came to the surface. It was like really, really, I was like, sorry guys. Sorry, on a press trip, it's meant to be all cheerful. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, so I think everyone needs to see that. Um, and definitely for me, seeing them made me realize that I want to show my son that. Yeah. Um, so here's to hoping I meet somebody that's not an idiot at some point. <laughs> I mean, like, it's also one of the things you can't. Control. No, you can't. Yeah, and you, you can't. can't. And because you of build, the... you can do everything. Like that's the thing. That you say, there's nothing you can't handle, right? Yeah. So, and especially if you have trauma, you have childhood stuff. You will learn that you can deal with it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. You just cannot make someone love you, and I think yeah. that's really unfair. I know. It's absolutely. This is a conversation I had All yesterday. Things. Absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking and unfair. It's really disgusting because yeah. I can't make somebody love me, and I also can't make myself not love somebody. Yeah. Very, very stressful. Yeah. Why would these emotions be happening? Why are they needed? Yeah. I'd rather not. Thanks. I had a full, <laughs> this is. Quite a few years ago, I'm in another place now. <laughs> I was very young, <laughs> and I was I had a crush on my, on my well, he's now my friend, <laughs> and uh, I was just really into him. And I was like, but we do have a connection, and you are, you are flirting with me. You, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> my trick was to say, I'm, I have to move back to Den <laughs> I have to move back to Denmark, so like I guess we'll just never see each other again. To try and like. Like, yeah. he's like, Gage. Oh, oh, that's really sad. I, um, I can drive you home. I was like, yeah, you can. You can drive me home. So we like, drove back to my house. And I was like, so? Is there anything that you're now suddenly feeling now that you know you're never going to see me again? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, I mean, I hope we can stay in touch and like, still be friends. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> Keep in touch on Facebook. Are you actually joking? Are you actually joking? <laughs> and I ended up screaming at him. Uh, 
Well, what do I have to change about myself to make you love me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is, is yeah, this is heavy me in my mind yesterday. Yeah. I think at the moment it's what we <laughs> call a mood. Yeah, 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 big energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do you mean? Because I just, I don't understand. I'm like, amazing. I'm a really great person. Like, as a human, I'm really wonderful. I just don't understand how you don't love me. How is this possible? Like, what? I'm the best. And I do so much for you. I don't understand. Are you even trying to love me? Yeah. Are have you, you Have you put any effort into it? No, you haven't. No, you maybe haven't. You're it's the, maybe rude. Maybe you have to read and then solve your problem so you can fall in love with me, which is the right, yeah. correct thing to do. I mean, really, I'd fully planned our wedding. Like, I'd had the outfits for the kids in my head. It was like, <laughs> perfect. His kid was going to, like, carry the little ringy things because he's so oh. cute and beautiful and small. I mean, I okay. had the plan. The, everything was set yeah. up, man. And he murdered it. No, I'm joking. He didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I, I, yeah, sorry about that. Love you. <laughs> friends forever, but not really because we've said goodbye now. But, you know, inside, friends forever. Love you long time. <laughs> oh, being a human is sad. <laughs> Speaking of which, so the last question that I was asking the podcast is this. Okay. <clears throat> so you're in the delivery room mm-hmm. and you have just been born. Right. And you now are holding yourself as a baby, right? Teeny tiny Olivia. And she's just been in the womb and it's been all mm, nice and warm and just comfortable. And, mm. and now she's out and she's like, what the f-? Like there's lights everywhere, there's loud sounds, there's people and it's all just a bit much. Yeah. She's looking at me like, is this, oh, I'm sorry, is this what life is? She's like, is it always going to be this? Like loud sounds and noises and just chaos? And you can say something to her. Like everything that has happened ha- will still happen. Like mm. we can't change anything. But she's looking at you basically asking what will life be? And you, you know now that life is actually quite a lot of lights and sounds. And some of it is not actually quite that Quite a lot fun. of shit. And she's looking at you like, what's my life going to be like? So what would you say? What would you answer? teeny tiny baby Olivia oh it's going to be interesting you are going to make many mistakes but they are going to be the foundations of your strongest morals they are going to form your moral compass and horrible things are going to happen but they are going to make you who you are they are going to make you the loving caring and compassionate human that you are all the things that try to break you will actually end up making you and um it's okay have more fun (laughs) and kiss all the boys make sure they don't have cold sores because that's not no not today um (laughs) but i think yeah i think that's what i'd say to her do you still need to be told any of that I think, yeah, I think I often, one of the things I often do is write a letter to myself. Oh, yeah. I think it's very important to write letters, to, especially to yourself at more vulnerable times, like but writing a letter to yourself when you were going through a trauma and the things that you know now that you would have loved to have known then, I think are hugely important for everybody. Um, also, like, writing letters to other people that I'll never send, but I just like getting it all out on paper. And then sometimes I burn them. Depends. <laughs> Depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I let it go. Thing that if you write with the hand that's not your what do you call it your dominant your dominant hand yeah. So if you write with the other one yeah that that I mean this is gonna sound like a magic trick but my 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 therapist said this that's your that's you can talk to your inner child. I have so, heard something about yeah, this, but so I didn't like, know Hi, I how are you. Remember. And then if you answer with the other hand, it'll be her. Oh my gosh, I'm okay, right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try I'm this, I'm going to message you once so I tried it, okay. Because yeah, I'm scared of it, but I, okay. she keeps telling me to do it, and I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> what if she's like, fuck you, I'm like, oh no, it's like a new Ouija board, it's like a Ouija board, I don't know if I trust it. Yeah, it's true, because young me was quite fiery, quite feisty, I'm not sure if you want to speak to her. Finally, finally, fuck, oh Bitch. Oh, there's no use my left hand again. Why do you always have your left hand in a glove? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Keeping her under lights. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you? Thank you for stuff? having me. What do you want people to know? 
Um, you can find me on Instagram at Curvy Campbell. Um, I, th I think that's where I'm most active. I mean, you can find me on Twitter, but it would be pointless because it's just my place where I scream into the void about moany stuff. Yeah. <laughs> people would, would like to see that. Actually. Well, that's underscore Olivia Campbell. If you would like to hear me screaming into the void mm. about moany stuff, feel free. But um, yeah, Instagram for lots of um, fat fashion stuff. And when I say fashion stuff, it's mostly lingerie and swimwear because that's my true love of life. Yeah. And um, yeah, expect lots of fupa. If that's what you're looking for, come to me. Uh, so yeah, Curvy Campbell. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you want to hear Olivia answer some more questions, go to patreon.com forward slash Mopar and listen to the, the uh, what, was, what did I call it? The extra bits. <clears throat> the extra bits where I ask all of the guests uh, after we have done the recording, I turn it off and then I turn it back on and I ask them the same six questions, uh, including an unpopular opinion of yours and what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done and do you have a recommendation? Loads more. And you can hear, I think, back to, oh, I want to say at least 20 guests I've done this with um, now the past 20 or so. Um, so yeah, it's really worth signing up and donating. And I think you get this even if you only donate a dollar per episode. So it's definitely worth doing. If you give $5 or more per episode, you become a friend of the podcast. And if you become a friend of the podcast, you can choose to have your name read out loud at the end of the episode because you're an absolute hero and you are saving my life and you're the best person in the world. And I appreciate you so much. And <laughs> I also appreciate you if you give one of the one-off donations or if you come to any of my shows or buy my book or <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean, it's so, it's quite typical, isn't it? Um, <laughs> for someone to be demanding this much attention. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I'm, my brain's going places. It's fine. Now, <laughs> the people who are friends of the podcast uh, at the time of me recording this are... Andrea Papillon, Andrew January, Andy Walker, Ashley Salmon, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin Cat Posse, Kathy Beveridge, Cherry Winter, Claire McCowell, and Don Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Rifeshe, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, Emma Chan, Fanella Dunn, Privacy of Soros, Aurora Teratops, Fiona Richardson, Hannah Rose Tristram, uh, Harry Van Dyke, Harry Minnett, uh, Heather Watson, Ida Sugolasen, Janie Mahoney, Josie, Kathleen Goodmanson, Uh, Kathy Blackstabauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrina Engelson, Katie Travis, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davidson, Queen T, Lillian Harry French, this time in Dinosaur Onesies, M Dash, Maury Fraser, Mansour Mir, Maketa Dubalova, Megan Roberts, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fenu, uh, Rachel Evenheim, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, that's the three Rachels, uh, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Capper, Russell Hughes, Sarah Ferrer, Igerset, Sarah Allen, Sarah Plumer, the three Sarahs, Susie Tyler, Victoria Greer, and Victoria Leighton. You are all the, just the best people. So thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash Mopad, M-O-H-P-O-D, and sign up. It should be very uh, straightforward how to do that. And then you get just a bunch of extra content. And it's a lot of fun. And also you get to be saving my life. And so if you feel like this podcast has said any kind of positive effect on your life and you do have a bit of money to spare i would absolutely appreciate it other than that i'm just excited to see you on tour uh, to see you at one of my shows i genuinely mean that i have some of the nicest people following me i'm not gonna say fans that sounds well it sounds like a lot but or i guess people following me sounds worse anyway <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go back to obsessively cleaning my house say my house my flat my living space my tiny tiny i think i have mold i think there's mold on my walls i mean i'm not gonna make myself sound fancier than i am yeah it's not good is it <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening thank you to olivia campbell for doing the episode thank you to dave pickering for producing this episode to kitty edgar for doing the booking to harriet brain for writing and recording the jingle and to linda brinkhouse for the logo and to the soho theater for letting me record episodes there I will speak to you soon. Bye. Mopar.